Hey chaps, happy Tuesday. Phenomenal summer day. We are up at like 80 degrees, which means nothing to me because I'm a Celsius man. But to those of you who have connected it to some sort of feeling, it's 80 degrees. So, had a, a, a great um, thought on domain again. Um, I think it's a really good thing for us to really drill into. My wife and I were chatting a bit about sexual market value. And, you know, you look at, you look at couples and you're like, yes, they match sexual, sexual market value. Or like you look at the guy and you're like, whoa, like how did he get her or, you know, vice versa. And, you know, it just, it just got, got the whole thing going. We were just talking about like honor amongst men. Um, cause obviously for ladies, it's, it's that whole thing of protecting your value. You're born valuable as a lady. And the way you protect that value, that virtue is by, uh, not becoming, uh, ugly. You know, you protect the, the beauty that you've, you've got, you, you eat well, you work out, you wear a bit of makeup, you dress nicely. Uh, you have a sweet spirit, you learn helpful, uh, skills and, uh, things that would make you helpful to your future husband, to your, your present father and your future husband. And that's how you protect your value. Um, but for guys, for guys, it's a thing of absolutely starting from zero, you know, and having to build value, build honor. And so when you see couples together, you're like, what, what honor did that man show to get that woman? And that's a really fun thing to look at. You know, a lot of guys would be like, Oh, that's judgmental or that's, Oh, that's uh, cringe. And it's like, no, no, no. Like once you start understanding sexual market value, it becomes really fun. You know, and it, it, it becomes very helpful to your own life. Even, you know, you want to, you want to develop your honor. You want to develop this value, this wealth of honor, uh, not only for, you know, your wife or future wife, uh, but for your daughters, your future daughters, right? If you want to be more valuable to them uh, than the guy who's trying to lead them astray or the teacher who's trying to uh, degrade their minds or the, the TV talking head who's trying to uh, indoctrinate them. Like you want to be the man with the highest value in their life so that they respect you. And it's the same thing when we get to work, right? Uh, sexual market value is a, it's a man on man thing, Right. We, we inherently understand honor amongst each other. We understand sizing each other up and, and status and confidence um, and value and worth as a man. Uh, and so I really wanted to, to dig in and, and I want you guys to, to shoot away there in the comments as well because, you know, I don't, have, I don't have the answers, but I have, I have the questions. I have the why that, that we can start really getting into for ourselves is, is how do I gain honor in my domain? How do I become the, you know, the, how do you live your best life? Hashtag best life. But for real, like God made us with a, a certain gift mix, a certain personality character trait, a certain uh, mission and passion uh, so that we would become his image on earth, that we would be the Kings, the, the sons, uh, absolutely just enjoying our life, enjoying what we do, enjoying taking dominion over the kingdom. And so I just, I think the first thing I've, I've got a little list here, seven 
seven things that we're going to look at. Um, and number one, I was just thinking was understanding uh, your domain. I think one of the one of the the hardest things, Rob, who does more is worth more. Exactly, my brother. One of the hardest things for us as young men is we grow up in a world with no understanding of domain. You know, as Christians, we have an understanding that the pastor is the guy who is most pleasing, if you want to call a, a vocation that, uh, to God. You know, like if you want to do big things for the kingdom, you've got to go become a pastor. But other than that, we don't really understand domain. We don't understand uh, that there is honor uh, in obscure things that only I like, you know, and it's like, you know, some guy out there was inventing a combustion engine when there were no engines in the world. And guys are like, this guy's, this guy's lost it. You know, he's trying to, he's trying to turn steam into power to power. You know, the, it's like at some point that was obscure that it was without honor. You know, guys are like, dude, we've got sweet, sweet horses. What are you doing? You know, what are you doing? messing around with this steam contraption that could blow up and kill you. Like, this is just ridiculous. And yet that guy in his obscure niche talent, passion, skill stack stuck with his vision, stuck with his God given wisdom, his God given uh, dom domain. Uh, and because of him, he's changed the world. You know, how, how many countless things like that of just obscure things um, that God has put on our heart to do. So the first thing is understanding your domain. And I think I think the, the help in that is understanding what is not your domain. You know, and, and for a lot of us, we will cross domains, we will we'll touch in all the domains, we will we'll be involved in all the domains. But but follow follow the thing that is like, yeah, this is what I'm good at, what I'm confident at, this is the thing that I'm gonna I'm gonna go hard at. And a lot of us are like, oh, but I should also be doing this, and I should also be doing that, and I really like this. And like we're all over the place with domain. And so we never end up um, going really hard at a target for, for a consistent amount of time. And, and we end up being very bitter or very uh, critical of men who are at the top of their domain. You know, the easiest one is church. We get very bitter or very critical or very angry uh, at pastors. Because you're like, I could do a better job or I would be a, you know, I would preach it this way or, you know, whatever your, whatever your, your reservations are, your hangups are with who, the leaders, same, same in business, right? Whoever the CEO is or your manager or whatever, it's like, I could do a better job or I would do it this way. I do it that way. And a lot of, of stress in our life, a lot of trouble in our life, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression even comes from taking responsibility from trying to touch someone else's crown, uh, and be the secret king. So this is one of my other, uh, this is one of my other points. No one likes a secret king. No one likes a gamma. And, and, and that's the person who's like, I should be the pastor. I should be the business CEO. I should be the president. I should be, you know, whatever it is that, that you think you've got all the answers to. No one likes that guy. Right. And we have to understand humility. So, you know, you can join a church, you can be a member of, of, of that hierarchy. So, so you're in the hierarchy, right? You, you know, the pastor's name, you've chatted a bit, you've, you know, you're in the hierarchy, you're in, you come every Sunday, you tithe, you're all of the stuff. I'm a member of the hierarchy. That does not give me the honor, the status of 
speaking into the pastor's life and saying, well, pastor, you know, when you preached and said Matthew 5, you know, I just I just wanted to tell you that that's actually not correct. And it's like, dude, who the heck are you? Like, jog on. You've got zero honor, zero uh, built credibility in this hierarchy. You're a nobody. In fact, get the heck out of here. You know, and so that's so often our society has told all of us little special boys, you know, you can be an astronaut, you can be president, you can be whatever you want to be. And it's like, sure, you can you can aim for whatever you want to aim at. But I do not have, I'm, and it's this equality cult, right? I do not have equal status as the president. I do not have equal status as the astronaut. I do not have equal status um, as the guy who started the business, who planted the church, right? We, we have this, this total equality is actually arrogance. It's an arrogance against other men's worth and value and achievements. You know, so you walk into the church and you're like, I'll tell this guy what, what to do. I'll, and, and, and that's the secret king. That's the gamma. You know, we, we're like, we get so turned up and so angry and so like critical and all this stuff. And it's like so much of our, our problems, chaps, would just be like, relax. Like, not my church, not my monkeys. Not my business, not my monkeys. Like, sure, I'll pray and I'll bless and I'll do my part, but I'm not going to reach to touch the crown. Um, you know, we've got to understand that part. You know, no one likes a gamma. And so when you receive honor, you can then start giving. You can give your gift according to your honor, right? A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. You can't, you can't, you can't lecture the great men before they've invited you in. You know, you want to be invited in. They're like, hey man, you're really good at this. You're invited into a relationship. It's that whole thing, Rob, who does more is worth more. You're invited into a relationship. Like, we like you. Uh, we we want what you do or you give or you have. Uh, we're in relationship. We're building a relationship. And there's now a mutual honor, you know, and, and they might disciple you. You might disciple them. There's now a mutual honor and humility. So that's no one likes a gamma. DVG, I tell my kids, the person that criticizes how you were raised to preserve beauty or build value is the one trying to manipulate you. Yeah, because that's it, you know. If, if I'm a girl and I didn't protect my virtue, I didn't have a dad protect my virtue, I would be pretty angry. Um, and I would also feel inferior to the girls who did protect their value. Same with the boys, right? If I just squandered my, my whole childhood on computer games and donuts and I arrive 18 years old in the big wide world and I'm, I'm overweight, I have zero skills, zero confidence. And there's this 18 year old Chad who can fix a car. He's a Greek God. Uh, and he's confident and charismatic. And it's like, man, that sucks. Like his dad must've been abusive. His dad must've abused him. You know, it's, it's just me coping uh, with seeing someone who's of more value, of more honor uh, in the hierarchy. TPG Scar versus Mufasa. Yeah. You know, and, and that's it. It's, it's also a failure uh, of giving due honor to, uh, you know, people that we think we are more honorable than. You know, that, that is Scar and Mufasa, right? Scar thought he deserved the kingdom. He deserved to be the big boy. And it's like, man, you know, no one, no one ever lost their blessing from God by humbling themselves before someone who was unworthy. David humbled himself before an unworthy douche called Saul. You know, totally just like, yep, like, 
you're the king's anointed. I'm not going to touch. I'm going to serve. Um, I'm going to be a man of honor with, you know, you have to be a man of honor to be afforded honor. DVG, are you saying that someone's special identity doesn't trump someone else's actual achievements? Exactly. You know, and that's it because, and that's the other thing. Again, a lot of this comes out of our own insecurities because man, I don't think I can do what that guy did. And so I have to trash his, his identity to, to take away from his achievements. Um, you know, there's this, the only way I can deal with someone who outperforms me is to trash their character and hope that people don't like him. And so they disqualify him. It's that whole king and priest thing we spoke about, you know, Mark Driscoll, just an absolute king. It's like, well, we can disqualify him on priestly grounds. And it's like, so they do because they can't, they can't perform how he's performing. They can't achieve what he's achieving. So they disqualify him. Derek, know your role. It takes all parts of the body, body of Christ, working together for it to function effectively. Yeah. And that's where this thing comes in of, of honoring each part, right? Honoring each gift. And that's, you know, I'm loving this idea of, of a, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before other great men attempting great things, you know, and it's, we want, we all want that environment and we've all tasted it. We've all touched that glory of one time in your life. Hopefully you have it now. Hopefully it's continuing, but, but we've had seasons or, or past things where it's like someone recognized a gift or a strength in you invited you on board uh, and you, you gelled together, you worked together, you, you conquered, you crushed together. And it was just wonderful. There was no, there was no competition anxiety. There was no insecurity. It was just like, man, this is great. You know, that that's it. It's like, once you re realize that we all have these different uh, things to give, it eliminates everyone else is like me. So I have to, I hashtag, look at me. Hashtag notice me, you know, hashtag, please see that I'm special. It's like, no, no, no. Like I'm a king. I'm a son. Like I have different gifts to other guys. And if no one sees me, God sees me. Matthew 6 verse 6, God sees me in secret and he rewards me openly. You know, Joseph sitting in the freaking prison for 10 years as a slave or whatever. The dude was a out of this world administrator, governor. You know, he, he was a king at governance. That was his God-given skill, passion, delight. And instead of being the next great um, patriarch of his tribe and taking over the aristocratic mantle of his father, he sits in a jail and administrates the jail. And it's like, you know, there comes a time where, where we're like, God, does no one see me? Like I was meant to be the great one who everyone bowed down to. And here I am in the prison for 10 years. You know, it's like, we have to understand that, that God sees us in secret. And so you don't stop working when no one's looking. You don't stop giving your gift when no one's looking. You know, you work as unto the Lord. Like, God, you put these talents in me. You put these passions in me, even if I'm not getting money for it, even if I'm not getting positive response, even if I'm not uh, being celebrated by the world. I'm working as unto you because I have a conviction that this is who you made me to be. And this obscure thing is what you want me to work on. So next one, so no one likes a gamma. The next one, no one likes a victim, right? In your domain, get rid of, eject the victim spirit, the victim mindset. You know, if you're, if you're in this thing of like, yep, you know, let's take Joseph. Let's take David, right? Joseph has a dream and God anoints him to be the big shot that all his brothers are going to bow down to, right? Totally just his life goes the opposite direction. 
David, anointed, smeared with oil by the prophet to be the next king. His life goes totally in the opposite direction. How many of us have all got these dreams, you know, these, these buried hopes and, and things that we've, we've, these little pearls that we've held on to our whole life. And it's like, man, my life is just going the total opposite of, of everything I've ever dreamed of. Can we still hold a kingship identity even in the desert, even in slavery? You know, can we hold this thing of like, God, you see me. I'm not going to fall to victimhood. I'm not going to fall to moping. I'm not going to fall to complaining, right? Complaining is for men uh, a total victim uh, fruit. You know, if a guy's, if a guy comes over to you and he's complaining, 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 it's like, I'm dealing with a victim. No one likes a victim. No one wants to help a victim. You know, now we have problems, we have burdens, and it's okay to come and ask your mate, like, hey man, really hating my job. What is your advice? But it's not, hey man, I'm hating my job. Like it's the worst job. It's the terrible. 10 minutes later, like, oh, I just hate my job. And if your mate says to you, well, what are you going to do? It's like, I don't know, man. I just hate it. It's like you're being a victim and no one wants to help a victim. But if you if you go to your mates and you're like, hey man, like really struggling with my job right now. It's just sacking my balls and I don't know what to do. And your mate says to you, uh, what, would, what would it look like if you quit? It's like, yeah, I don't know, man. This, this, and this. It's like, well, what are you lining up on the side? You know, what's going on with your boss? Have you tried? And, and your mate is giving you constructive feedback. And if you go, thank you. Like, I will try those three things. I will, I will latch on to coaching, coaching from a friend, from a mentor, and go and do the thing and come back with results. You know, so if, if my mate says to me, yeah, man, like, well, what would you do if you quit? And I go and I'll be like, okay, like, let me go figure that out. And it's like, well, I would do this, I'd do this, I'd do this. And then it's like, man, I feel great. I feel like I have options again. Like, thank you. Thank you for helping me see through this block. Or thank you for uh, putting me in touch with someone to, to get a referral to their business. Or, you know, all this, all this thing of like, no one likes a victim. No one wants to help a victim, you know, but, but instead it's like, yeah, I'm in slavery. I'm in the desert. God, what can I do to get me on the right track? What can I, you know, and oftentimes it's operate your gift, give your gift, do the gift, even though you're just, you know, going in the opposite direction. DPG, based on gifting and skills, a cost system within the kingdom can be appropriate because God distributes the skills to whomever he wants. Example, time, talents, beauty, money, etc. Yeah, you know, and it's not a cost system of like, oh, you are, uh, you are forever down in the pits poor or whatever. It's literally the aristocracy of every man where some guys have one talent. Some guys have 10 talents. Some guys are king over whole cities. Some guys are king over one house. And that's our capacity and our passion. You know, how many stories have you heard of, of guys who are a phenomenal technician? You know, they're just crushing at being a technician on the front line. And so the, the boss or the leader is like, oh, yeah, this guy's crushing. I'm going to make him a team leader or a project leader or a manager. And the guy just tanks. It's too stressful for him. He wants to do everything himself. He's bad at delegating or he doesn't like the team or he doesn't have the skills. He doesn't have. And it's like, dude, please, can I go back to my old job? Like, can I demote back to where I was? Because that was my sweet spot. And, and, you know, like, that's OK. You know, there's one talent guys and there's 10 talent guys. And it's like, that's OK. It's OK to have different outcomes. It's okay to have different scales. It's, are you faithful? Because this is what we're going at here. It's not the glory of man. It's not the honor. Yes. Jesus grew in stature, in status, in, 
in honor with God and man, right? So it is important to grow with in honor with man. But our whole life has got to be orientated to God. My whole heart is I want to please you with every fiber of my masculine being. And of, of course, the man is created to work the garden with God, work the garden with God. So even in my obscurity, in my secret place, I'm working with God. Even if I only ever get one talent, I'm doing that one talent with God, you know? So it's, it's just such a freeing place to be, chaps, when you understand this, this inequality of the kingdom and just how much it pleases God. You know, Jonathan is just a crazy story. The inequality, the injustice, the bloody shyster that God is in cursing his dad. Like Jonathan was the most charactered, like I, I literally say that Jonathan was the picture of Jesus. Cursed to die and never take, never have a chance to be the king of the kingdom because of his dad's work, you know, because of his dad's curse. And yet, even in that place, he knew, he knew that David was the next anointed and he, he just crushes. I'm a good soldier. I'm a good prince. I'm a good brother. I'm a good friend. Just crushes at everything he does, even in the injustice and the inequality and the tragedy of his life story that he was uh, destined to, to work out. Um, so no one likes a gamma. No one likes a victim. The next thing here is understanding your approach, understanding your uh, archetype, if you want to call it that. Not all of us are alpha type guys. You know, the, 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 the king, um, the ruler, the, the, the real just alpha guy who delegates and commands and people just are drawn to him. Not, not all of us are that guy. Some of us are the steady, the Mr. Steady, like I'm just going to grind. I'm just going to uh, do everything myself, hard work, grind, take care of things myself kind of guy. You know, other guys are people, people like, hey, party on legs, like wherever the people are, I'm there and very skillful with people. Uh, other guys are ideas guys and and putting forth, you know, new creative ideas. Like, you know, we have to understand that we approach our domain very differently to other men. And so, so for me, I'm a, I'm an energy guy, right? I'm a hype man, if you want to call it that. I'm not a resolve guy. I'm, you know, one of my, one of my good mates, his whole thing is I will outwork you. I will grind and I will just, no one will outwork me. I'll look up, everyone else is dead and I'm still working. And it's like, that's not me. I can't do it. Like, you know, it's that whole, that black uh, rapper, motivator, street guy, uh, Eric Thomas, you know, he's that whole guy like, you got to wake up at four in the morning. You got to want it more than you can breathe. And like, it gets you all hyped and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alarm. My, I'm setting my alarm for four o'clock. Okay. And four o'clock comes past and I'm like, I just can't do it. I'm, I'm not that guy. But all the, all the deltas, the, the warriors, the, the archetype, the steady man archetype are like, yeah, I've been setting my alarm at four o'clock even before anyone told me to. I've been going to the gym every day, even before anyone told me to. I've been going early to work, late home, even when no one told me to. And it's like, because it's in you. It's who God made you to be. You're a builder. You're a worker. You're a grafter. And so you have to understand that. You know, so there's men of resolve. And then there's men of like, I'm, I'm a hype man. I'm all about energy. I'm all about, you know, I can arrive um, in a team or an environment and I can get guys pumped. I can get guys encouraged. I can, I can help guys see clearly. I can, I can bring solutions. I can bring ideas. So, so like, again, like 
how how do I use that uh, in a way? It's like, okay, well, media is going to be my domain. You know, coaching is going to be my domain. Um, and it's like, this is great. You're going to have a builder logistics grinder guy and he can be in media, right? Because he's just going to get through the work. I'm going to podcast five times a day. I'm going to tweet 24,000 times a day. I'm going to coach and build and grind. And it's like, okay, we can do, we can be in the same domain with very different um, giftings. And it's like, hey, hey, are you, are you guys seeing what I'm seeing here? I think we should work together. The resolve guy and the energy guy. Let's work together. And it's just like, that's the whole thing of like two horses pull, you know, multiples times more than, than two individual horses pull. And it's like, okay, we see the greatness in each other. Let's, let's do a thing here. So understanding your approach and that you're not going to exactly copy someone else's work ethic, someone else's approach, skills, tact, manner, all of that kind of stuff. It can really set you free. And it can also help you to leverage your, your skills with someone else who doesn't have that. So the other thing here is, is finding a role model. You know, you look at your domain and you're like, you know, I read Art of the Deal and I'm like, Donald's my role model. I want to be Donald. And it's like, I, I can take a lot of encouragement from Donald. I can take a lot of wisdom from Donald, a lot of case study from Donald. But I'm not Donald. I can't sleep four hours a night. I can't make 400 phone calls a day. I can't just absolutely confront dudes and call their bull and make ridiculously uncomfortable offers and uh, think creatively how he thought, you know, think these deal structures through. Like, I can't. I, I, I you know, that's not me. Um, and so when we look at the domain, try and find a role model who, who very closely resembles your kind of gift mix, your kind of approach uh, to doing, you know, media or government or e economy or ministry. You know, so often we look at the, the rock star in our domain and it's like, I need to copy him. And it's like, dude, you're not the Donald. You're not whoever the rock star is in your domain. And it's like, that's okay. You know, you need to look for the guys who are and then figure out like, okay, these are some actionable things I can copy. I can model. I can uh, innovate and tweak and do it my way or take their case study and put it into my situation. And that gets exciting. So find a role model who suits your approach. And then the second thing is be a role model. You know, a lot of us, we don't know what's in us until we start helping someone else or, or teach someone else uh, from our case study, from our back end, you know, so find guys who are younger or newer or whatever to what you are, have already done and be like, how can I help them? You know, how can I help uh, other guys get into honor, get into the hierarchy and start crashing as Kings? Cause that's the thing again, chaps, you know, it's that, it's that whole, it's that whole network marketing idea of like, if someone who I've invited into the hierarchy just goes to the moon, guess who brought them into the hierarchy? Me, you know, instead Instead, like most church hierarchies or business hierarchies or government hierarchies, you're like, you bring the new guy in and he's a rock star and he's just going to the moon and you're like, oh, I'm going to push you down. I'm going to destroy your character because you're going to show me up. Instead, it's like, chaps, it's honor. Like I brought the, like, hey guys, remember who brought the rock star in? Me. I'm the rock star finder. You know, it's like, and that guy, when he goes to the top, he, he your honor to him is pegged as the guy who brought him in. And so even though he's at the top, it's like, Hey, that's the guy who brought me in. Come sit next to me. 
come sit at my table. This is the guy who without him, I like I owe him a debt of gratitude. He's my guy. You know, we have to start thinking in terms of alliances, aristocracy, uh, you know, this thing of of we are lords at the table together. And it's like bringing another guy into success is bringing yourself an ally who's even stronger. TPG, Exodus 17, when Moses' hands grew heavy, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Then Aaron and her held his hands up, one on each side, so that his hands remained steady till sun went down. Moses needed Aaron and her to hold his hands up in order for Hebrews to win the battle. Elijah needed Elisha. Moses needed Joshua. And Joshua actually led men into the promised land. David would have been killed if Jonathan hadn't warned him. Yeah. We are an excessively individualistic culture. You know, Donald made it all on his own. Uh, whoever all the famous guys are, it's like, he's the only guy. He made it all on his own. We're this individualistic culture. And I love that thing that, that Bronze Age Pervert said in this book, but he's like, every great move, every great civilizational tipping point happened when either two men or a, or a band of men got together to make something happen. You know, even guys who, who, yes, they seemed like the guy out front, the face of the thing. It's like they were indispensably reliant on a band or a brother or a brotherhood. And this is the great thing with, with honor and a hierarchy is partnership. You know, we, we are individualistic as a culture. So it's like, I've got to do this on my own. I've got to be the guy. And even when someone helps you, you're like, thanks, man, don't need your help. Screw you. Or like, oh, yeah, I'll take it. But then also screw you. Um, I'm not going to share uh, the, the honor, the reward, the spoils. And so for us to get away from this employee mindset, this, this hierarchy as employment, you know, so I, I start a business or I start an organization and I employ guys uh, below me in the hierarchy uh, and that's where they stay. We instead need to start looking at the partnership environment, right? Where I give a guy ownership in my hierarchy because it's like, dude, we're in this for the long haul. And if you're going to stay in my hierarchy, you need skin in the game. You need ownership. And so the next thing is because we have ownership together in this hierarchy, you going to the moon means I'm getting, I'm being pulled along. The rising tide raises all ships. You know, it's not just the guy. It's like, it's all ships. You know, it's beautiful, beautiful stuff. All right. Next thing is being generous with your gift. I think we've, we've hit a lot on this, but but your gift is not unique. Sorry. Your gift, you think, is everyone is, or everyone's got this gift, or this gift isn't, isn't unique, or this gift isn't valuable. And it's like, dude, even if you think you're, I'm just a car mechanic, you know, there's 224 million mechanics in this world who can do what I do. That's true. But the people around you, you're the only guy. You know, you're the guy who they have access to. And it's like, it's that whole thing of, of the, the scales of intimacy, the Dunbar number, the, the 3, 12, 40, 120, 7,000 scales of, of intimacy. And it's like in your influence, in your area, you are the only guy. You know, you're the only guy who has your skill to some, some scale of people. You know, for myself, starting a YouTube channel. Why do I need to start a YouTube channel when there's 22,000 other masculine christian nationalist type talking guys who are babbling along and it's like 
someone's not going to like their their manner versus my manner. We might be talking the exact same stuff. We might be sharing each other's notes. We might be uh, whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, they like how my voice sounds, not how his voice sounds. They like, you know, it's like even to the effect of like once thing get once some things get too big, guys bail. They're like, ah, I liked it when it was smaller. I liked it when it was more intimate. I liked it when we knew each other's names. You know, churches are like that, right? A church of about 40 to 100 people. It's like, oh, I know everybody. We know each other's names. And then boom, the church goes to the moon and now there's 7,000 people. And it's like, eh, I don't like this anymore. I'm going somewhere else. You know, it, you lose the camaraderie. You lose the, anyway, I, I get besides myself. Be generous with your gift. Your gift is important. There are men who are praying for a guy like you to come into their into their life, to come into their team, to their mission. Uh, and, and it will be a mutual mission. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, I have to go and help some guy that I couldn't care less about that I don't I don't actually agree with what he's doing. It's like, that's where boundaries come in. You don't do that. You do things that you have a heck yes for. All righty. And then uh, last, uh, last thing here is humility and fear of the Lord. You know, I think it's Proverbs 20. I should know this by now. But uh, my, my favorite proverb, by humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life and uh and um and that's the thing it's like it's it's this whole thing of being okay with not like we're not little jealous soy boys we're not little envious soy boys of like they like him more than me or like it's like no it's great like that guy's encouraging this guy's encouraging or like that guy's doing a great job this guy's doing a great job it's like it's what paul says right Someone comes to Paul and they're like, Paul, these guys are making money off the gospel and they're being dicks and, and they're preaching the gospel without being cool. And Paul's like, cool. Hey Amen. However the gospel gets preached, the gospel gets preached. Like God, God, God sees them. He'll deal with them. Like as long as the gospel gets preached. And it's the same way for us. Like as long as the mission gets accomplished, like what is your mission? You know, it doesn't matter who comes on board and, and everyone loves him. It's like, is he doing the mission? Awesome. Like, to the glory. All right. So by humility, the opposite of humility is not pride. It's pride and condemnation. So condemnation is also the opposite of humility. You know, humility is right, is right pegging in, in a hierarchy. So God is the king of kings, the father. So humility is saying, I am not God. I'm not God. Humility is saying, I'm also not Satan and the demons and hell and a nobody and a wretch and an orphan and a sinner. It's, wow, I'm a son. I'm a king that Jesus is the king of amongst many brothers. That's humility. It's right knowing. It's right understanding the hierarchy of honor. Pride is saying, I am God. Condemnation is saying, I am the devil or or. Or it's a it's a reverse pride. It's Jesus wasn't enough to save me. I'm a wretch. I'm a sinner. I'm an orphan. You know, so so pride and, and condemnation are the, are the opposite of humility. And then fear of the Lord. Okay, and why is that important to honor? Humility is 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 the it's the way we understand and use humility is the handle for honor. I don't know. You know, it's it's the it's the handle to the tool that is honor and a hierarchy. And then fear of the Lord, this is a huge one when it comes to fear of man, because 
a lot of times we don't make a move in a hierarchy because we fear what everyone's going to think. We fear uh, losing approval. We fear women. We fear death. We fear failure or fear success. And it's like, just stay a little old me because I, I am afraid to do anything. When the Lord might be putting something huge, I'm going to take that away. Something unique on you to do. And he's like, I need you to do the thing I've been tapping your shoulder to do. Like I can imagine God just being like, Scott, are you going to do the thing? Scott, do the thing. Scott, do the thing. You know, 10, 20 years go by. Hey, Scott, you know that thing I really made you to do? Are you going to do that thing? And I'm going like, God, if I do this thing, I need, like, is it really you, Lord? Lord, is it you who's making me do this? You know, and we're so afraid of failure. We're so afraid of losing approval. You know, and it's like, Joseph is a great example. Joseph was this little pipsqueak who went around uh, and told everyone his dreams and told everyone what he was going to do and was very uh, both humble but unwise about his humility, right? Um, and, and in a way, he was accessing his achievements. He was accessing his future honor, his vision for his honor, his anointing for his honor before he had done the things, before he had achieved the things, right? So it was unwise. But anyway, his whole life gets thrown off because of his, his unwise way of acting out his humility. You know, and that's what we feel. We're like, God's going to sideline me. This church is going to kick me out. Uh, my wife's going to hate me. My friends are going to think I'm a, an idiot. And it's like, dude, fear the Lord only. You know, or I could die. I could lose everything. Fear the Lord only. You know, so much comes from this thing of just like, God, do you see me? Yeah, I see you. Okay, I can do this thing. You know, and fear and trembling. And it's like, plan your way in your heart. And God is directing my steps. So we, we have this confidence as sun kings of like, God is directing my steps. And it might not look, you know, it might look like 10 years in a desert. But that's perhaps what's needed to gather, uh, to temper your steel uh, to, to handle what God is bringing you into. DBG, I wonder whether men gathering in small pairs and clans to start forging these ideas. Many of the ideas may not work out at all, but if you get one that works, that can be rocket to the moon. In other words, you have to accept that many of your ideas will fail and out of humility. Exactly. You know, and that's it. It's the willingness to fail. It's the willingness. Okay, maybe this is a great, I'm adding another point. Failure is not final. We're so afraid of failing and that being our final thing. You know, we make one bad judgment call. We make one bad uh, decision. You know, we do, we treat someone badly or we get treated badly and snap or we, we fall into victimhood at the wrong time or, you know, whatever the case is, we disobey God's word to us. Failure is not final. There's, there's a wisdom that comes from, from failed experiments that you can impart in other men. There's an honor that comes from the man who's tried a lot of things uh, and, and then comes back and, you know, that's it. If you try a bunch of things and fail and stop trying, you failed. If you try a bunch of things and fail and don't come back with those learnings for other men, you failed. You know, it's that whole, it's that whole uh, saying, I think it was one of the Greek philosophers, but he's like, if you get married and have a great marriage, you'll have a great life. And if you get married and have a bad marriage, you'll become a philosopher. And it's like, that's a great, that's a great metaphor of like, if you have a bad life, become someone who brings lessons back to those who are yet to start venturing down the path that you've ventured down, right? 
you know, some guy who's never been a drunkard, never been a druggie. I can go and tell people like, oh yeah, it's not a good idea to drink. It's not a good idea to be a druggie. And here's all the reasons why and blah, blah, blah. And I could probably make a compelling case, but some dude who's absolutely blown his nose out on crack and he's on his third liver transplant. And he comes in and is like, Hey guys, you know, look at me. You don't want to do what I did. And everyone's like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't want to do that. <coughs> That man is a success <clears throat> if he changes. Here I am tearing up. <coughs> Excuse me. That man is a success if he can help other men avoid the path that he's gone down. <clears throat> DBG, iron sharpens iron in the forge. And remember, soy softens soy in the gorge. Lacquer boys, I think that was a great... Um, a great bunch of, uh, points for us. My voice has swallowed some water, so I'm going to end it there for us. Have a lovely afternoon and really just sit on this, uh, spend some time with the Lord today and just be like, all right, Lord, what is that vision you've put on my heart? What are the things I would love to do? You know, I, I, uh, I did that video a while back on a, on a $10 million vision. It's good for us to sit in that place quite often every morning, if you can, at least once a week. And sit in that place of God, what would I do with $10 million? Because that takes that takes the, the limits off of our slave thinking, off of our rich orphan thinking. You know, and if I did have the money, what would I do? How would it look? What would it look like? Who are the guys who I would need to help me? What are the the facilities or the tools or the the expertise I would need? And 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 just write it all down, you know, and even the even the frivolous things, you know, like, oh, I would I would go drive across America in a Mustang or whatever. It's like, okay, that's fine. Maybe that's something, maybe that's a desire that God's putting on your heart um, for reasons that we can't see, you know, and sometimes we don't need reasons. Sometimes it's just an adventure with the Lord, you know, if God, you, you take pleasure in me and uh, you know, this is something I would love to do with you. So, so get that $10 million vision going hard. And, and, and then likewise, the, the $3,000 practical momentum, you know, what can I do uh, in the next three months? towards the things on this crazy, amazing vision list. Uh, if I, if I had three grand throw it, what could I start doing? You know, and it, it really gets us thinking domain. It gets us thinking what would make a difference in my life. It gets us thinking, man, am I in the right place or, or should I make an adjustment? Uh, it gets us thinking, why am I so angry at other people? Why am I, why am I worrying about what other people are doing? It's like, because I'm not doing what I should be doing, you know, or I'm not, I'm not achieving. You know, the whole thing of he is who does more is worth more. It's like, I'm doing a crap ton of stuff and I'm not liking it and I'm not getting anywhere. It's like, okay, are you in the right domain? You know, you might be, you might just be in the desert season where you're, you're doing it in secret with the Lord, but, but you need to then find that joy with the Lord of like, God, if this is what I did and only you saw me, would I be pumped about it? Maybe that's a good question to ask. You know, if no one celebrated me and if only, if I did this just with the Lord as my audience, uh, you know, would this be what I really wanted to do and would feel uh, significant about, you know, love you boys. May God bless you and uh, have a wonderful evening.